everyone that you brought here. We know, God, that nobody showed up today by accident, that you didn't, nobody surprised you by being here, God. So you brought each and every one here that needs to be here, and you have everyone listening that needs to be listening. Father, help me to get out the way, God, and let you have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is anybody ever, anybody thankful that God's answers are wiser than our prayers? <laughs> Come on, if you ever pray for something stupid, give, give God a hand. Amen. <laughs> I, I, I'm so glad God doesn't answer all our prayers. Because we'd be a hot mess more than we are now, right? All right, here's a quote this morning. Very short, very easy to tweet in Facebook. Very profound. Listen to it carefully. Faith is reacting positively to a negative situation. I'll let that hover over your head for a minute till it lands. Faith is reacting positively to a negative situation. Amen. Watchman Nee says this, A person who wholly follows the Lord is one who believes that the promises of God are trustworthy and that He is with His people and that they are well able to overcome. Anybody able to overcome this morning? All right, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to lean in. See, I, I want you to picture a big Christmas tree. There's presents everywhere. I got presents for everybody here. I got one for you and for you. I, I got one for everybody. So just lean in and, and listen for, for the one that's for you. Amen? Ready? Lean in. You leaning in? Wake them up. If they're asleep, wake them up. I don't know how they could be sleeping through that worship. You might have to call 911. They might be dead. We'll take care of it after the service. Just leave them there. Here, here they are. Listen for yours. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. In Him will I trust. Psalm 91.2 I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Psalm 32.8 Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, Joshua 1.9. Somebody over here, listen. Be content with what you have, for God has said, neither will I leave you, neither will I forsake you. So say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and has made the Lord his hope and his confidence. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those that love him. James 1, 12. Somebody in the back. Cast your cares upon the Lord because He cares about you. 1 Peter 5, 7. 16 of you need to receive this one. And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19. This is for our, our, our stubborn ones. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Lamentations 3, 22-23. Those that need direction. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms 119-105. Those of you that are tired. Come unto me, ye who are weary and overburdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight, And the Lord told us that already. Amen. I came that you might have life and have life to the fullest and in abundance until it overflows. John 10, 10. 
In times of trouble, he shall set me upon a rock. Psalm 27, 5. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Ephesians 4, 32. Those of you in ministry. He who refreshes others will likewise be refreshed. Proverbs eleven twenty five. For every single one of us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I will never fail you or forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. For I am sure that he who began a good work in you is faithful and will bring it to completions. Philippians 1, 6. Amen. If you got what you came for, goodbye. God bless you. Have a good day. Thank you, man. Listen, if there was one common thread throughout that group of Scripture, don't ask me how I came up with it. I really just believe the Lord put, put these together for me. And if there was one common thread throughout all of that Scripture, is trusting God. It's all about trusting God. And so I want to talk to you this morning about trusting God in a message titled, Say What? Say What? How many of you have ever had a say what moment? Somebody tells you, like the other day, somebody in the street in Manhattan, you know they don't ask for a dollar anymore. They say, brother, can you spend $20? (laughs) Say what? You know, I'm about to reach in and and I hear the 20, I say, say what? Your your friend will tell you something, you say, say what? Right, we get these say what moments, Amen. Well, all right, let's move on. We've been going through the book of Genesis since the start of the year. Last year. (laughs) Not this year. Last year. We started Genesis 1-1, January, whatever that first service was. And and here we are in, what, April something? And and I'm pleased and excited to announce that we're almost done. (laughs) Amen? We are almost done. Like between this week and next week, we'll be finished with Genesis. And you know what's exciting about that? You guys, if you've been here, those of you that haven't cut class a whole lot. Everybody's going. Look, he's looking at you again. See the way he looked over here? He's looking at you. Those of you that haven't cut class too often. You have actually gone through a theological course study on the book of Genesis. And, and I mean, that's amazing. Because you know what? We can, we can go to, 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 to church. We can listen to things online. We can do a bunch of things. And, and it, a lot of times, all we get is, is somebody's you know, opinions. And we get the clever Christian cliches. And we get the, 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 the one, those verses that everybody knows. You know? but, but not often do we go through an entire Bible and deal, an entire book, and deal with the, some stuff. Deal with the stuff that's not easy to preach. Deal with the stuff that, that I'm out here sweating and everybody they're like. Because it's, it's not stuff. It's not easy to receive. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, it, it's so awesome for me that, that, that we can finish, man. And we got, I believe we got theologians up in here now. Amen? See, I don't want crowds of people. I don't want, you know, I get excited. You know, we, we said we ran out of chairs. We got no more room. And that's exciting. But I don't want crowds of people that come to be entertained by a Christian clown. Amen? I'm not, don't clown me. I'm not a clown. I'm not here to tickle you. I'm not here to, you know, a, 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 amen? So, listen, I, I want people, I want a community. You know, I want to build a, a community of responsible believers who aren't here with a gimme, gimme, gimme mentality, but are equipped to be the salt and light of the world and walk out of here and be that. Being the salt and light of the world. Amen? And now, what's so tough about that? I'm glad you asked. See, just as Jesus was tempted in every way so that he could relate to us and understand us, we're going to go through some things so that we can give the world an example of how to handle it. That's not good preaching. That's rough stuff. That's why it got so quiet. 
But we're going to go through things. Just understand this for a moment. I I know this is not going to make you happy. But we're going to go through hard times so that we can show the world how to go through hard times. Do you get that? Does that make sense? Because otherwise, how would they know? How would they know the Spirit of God is not living inside of them? They don't have a lamp to their feet and a light unto their path. They don't have revelation. They don't have the counselor. They don't have wisdom. They don't have the things that God has given us. So, So God gives us these things so that we can go through and show people how to go through things. Amen? Sometimes we got to thank God for the rough stuff that we go through. We started a couple of weeks back with the life of Joseph, right? And if you remember, we talked about how one day God gave Joseph a dream. Right in the beginning of Joseph's life. God gave Joseph a dream. And in this dream, God showed him that one day all his brothers would bow down before him. And God showed him that, that people would bow down before him. In other words, they, God showed him that he would be a leader. God gave him a dream to let him know that one day he was going to lead people. It wasn't about him being exalted and people bowing down. It was a symbol of him being a leader. That God was saying, I'm making you a leader. But, but Joseph was 17 years old when he had this dream. How many of you know some 17-year-olds? You know, like the world revolves around me, 17. 17 is right at that point where I know everything, pretty much, Right? I know more than you, Dad. I know more than you, Mom. I know you've been around 50, 60 years, but I'm 17 now. <laughs> right? How many of you even heard that? I'm 17. Like, what'd that mean? You just started wiping yourself. No, no. No, no. No, no. I'm not going to go there. No, no, no. So, so anyway, so Joseph was 17 years old, man. He was pretty spoiled is what I'm trying to get, get you know, the point. And so, you know, Joseph had that kind of privileged, privileged life, man. His father loved him more than all the other brothers because him and Benjamin, they were from his beloved Rachel, right? And so, so he lived, his father, remember we talked about the coat, his, his father made him this coat of many colors and, and it's this long tunic with a lot of colors. Those colors symbolize royalty and leadership, right? And so where was Joseph wearing it? He was wearing it out in the field where the brothers were sweating and working and sweating and he's walking around in his coat. Look at me, daddy loves me. And so naturally the brothers got enough, they got fed up, and they tried to beat the status out of him. Right? And the awesome thing about that is that they, the brothers did beat the status out of him, but God never stripped them of his dream. Watch, they throw him in a pit, we went through this whole story, they threw him in a pit, and from the pit he's dragged to Potiphar's to serve for 11 years. And then just as he's climbed the ladder of success there and he's in charge of everything, Potiphar's wife strips him of another coat and he's thrown in prison for two more years. So this man has been a prisoner or a slave for 13 years. But God told him he's going to be a leader. And Joseph is at this point maybe saying, say what? I'm going to be a leader? Say what? I'm going to lead things. I'm going to run things. People are going to listen to me. I am a slave. Now I'm a prisoner. Say what, God? What's going on, God? I, I, you know, you said I was going to, people were going to bow before me. And, and I know you've been with me through all these times. You ever talk to God like that? God, I know, you know, I thank you for the good things you've done, but, but come on. You know, I mean, I know you've been here and, I, and I've had great favor in these situations. But listen, I am not where I thought I would be. This isn't where I thought I would end up. This isn't how I thought it would be. This isn't what I thought it was. I'm far from the leader I thought you called me to be. Anybody been there? Anybody been there? Anybody says, say what? Listen, I know when I was reading those scriptures earlier, some of you were taking them in and saying, yeah, oh, that was for me. You know, snatching them out of other people. Give me, give me a sense of me, son of that's me, that's me, that's me. Right? And, but, but, but some of you, listen, even though you were fake amen just to be nice, because that's what the crowd was doing, some of you were thinking, say what? Say what? You're going to supply for me, really? You're going to take care of all my needs, really? You see where I'm at now? You see what I'm going through now? I can't answer my phone because there's always a creditor. You see where I'm at now? You're, you're, you're going to look out for me, really? 
You're, you're going to direct my path. You're never going to leave me. Say what? And here's the key. Here's really what I want you to get. And here, if we're going to sum up the entire life of Joseph and, and the entire thing that we've been teaching about in the last, one of the most important lessons we can learn in the life of Joseph I was reading a blog this weekend by James Watkins. Big up to James Watkins if you're listening. He's my friend on Facebook now. And he put it this way. Here's the lesson. Before the dream can be realized, the dreamer must be refined. Oh, man, bow your heads. Let's close. Before the dream can be realized, the dreamer must be refined. We have a tendency to test the dream, to test the word, test the preacher, test the church, test the ministry. Test. We test in everybody, but never looking inside. We test in everybody on the outside, never looking inside. Listen, it's not the dream that needs to be tested. It's the dreamer. This is good. Pre- I'm preaching better than your amen, and I don't know. Look, it's easy to see it clearly when it's in somebody else's life, right? And so, you know, we can point it out in other people's lives. But, but let, let, let's look at Joseph for a minute. During these 13 years, 13 years are not good stuff, right? 13 years is a long time. He was a slave and a prisoner for 13 years, even though he had favor, even though he had access, even though, you know, there was good times. How many times? You know, sometimes we have good times in our hard places. But there's still hard places, right? There's still hard places. Some, I, some of my happiest moments have been broke, but I've still been broke. You understand? Like, I'm happy, but we're still broke. So, so but, but, but watch this. During those 13 years, Joseph, an outsider there in Egypt, he was learning the Egyptian language. He was learning the culture of those people. He was learning their ways. He was learning how to run things. He was learning in prison and as a slave. He was learning business skills. God was developing him in the hard place. See, the the way that he was learning these things were slowly turning that arrogant young kid into the man who would be the leader of, that can have his dreams fulfilled. Still with me? So, so Pastor Gary left off last week. Joseph interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh, and he told him the seven years of plenty was going to come, and the seven years of famine is going to follow. And God shared with Pharaoh some, some and, and he shared with Pharaoh some God-given strategies as how they can not only survive but thrive during these hard conditions. Church, listen, God doesn't want us surviving. God wants us thriving. You, you with me? Only, only birds with me? God doesn't want you just surviving. He wants us to thrive. And, and, and before you think I'm preaching some prosperity gospel junk, listen, I'm, I'm saying this. We are going to go through some stuff. We're going to see some hard times. We're going to find ourselves in some hard places. But not one of those situations will be wasted. Oh, this is, this is good. This is key. Not one of those situations will be wasted. Listen, I've been through some seasons in my life that I hate. Anybody? Oh, man, come on. Can we just sit down and chill out for a minute? Right? I've been through some seasons in my life that I hate, and I still hate them to this day, but that I know they weren't wasted. I know they weren't wasted. Listen, when, before I became a Christian, man, I was seeking God, and I got into Espiritismo and, and Santeria, and, and I became this high priest in, in, in the table, and I was a young kid, and I'm, I was casting out demons and doing all that crazy brujeria stuff, right? And, and later when, I, when, when God pulled me out of there and I got saved, and I really accepted God, and God pulled me out of there, I, I said, God, I prayed through that whole year. Why'd you leave me in there? Why'd you? Why? All the time I was praying, God, I didn't want to do something against you. I didn't want to do witchcraft. I thought I was serving you. You told me. You had people tell me in that place that you called me for this. You, you had people tell me in that place that God has, you have given me gifts to do what I'm doing. I thought I was serving you. So why? And then 
little by little. I, I was a youth pastor then. Quickly, you know, later on, I, I became a youth pastor. I started working with youth. And, and I started noticing youth come in with the beads. And I said, come here, bro. And, and I started noticing the, the, the koyales and the different things on the kids. And I'd be able to grab a young person and say, come, come over here. Come over here. Well, what's that on your neck? Oh, no, you don't know about this. You don't know about that. I don't. And I break it down what the color was, who we represent, who is he serving, what's he doing. And I was able to just bring light into that situation. Amen. And, and, and listen, I'm not saying we have to go through those things to, to minister to those people. No, but I'm saying the situations that God has put us through are not wasted. Because all through that, God is building us up. Amen? We got to learn how to be broke and happy so that we can be rich and happy. Come on. I'm not saying God wants us all to be broke. I'm tired of seeing the little fish symbols on cars that are like clouding up the whole street with black smoke. I want to see the little Jesus stickers on some Lexuses and some Beamers. Amen? But before you get too happy, it doesn't mean God wants every one of us to have a Lexus and a Beamer, so chill out. Some of you can't handle a Lexus and a Beamer. Because then all of a sudden you're balling and you don't need God. So some of you can't handle that. So, so it's not for everybody. God puts us in different places, man. What I'm saying is every situation will not be wasted. Amen? I'm ready for the Lexus, by the way. <laughs> See, when Joseph finally confronted all of his brothers, he said to them, listen, guys, what you meant for evil, God used for my good. The, the brothers didn't know what he was going to do. They thought he was going to kill them. He was going to have them all assassinated, take it off their heads or something crazy, right? Because he brought them all together. And, and when he got them all together, he said, guys, listen, man, relax. What you meant for evil, God used for my good. I'm in charge now. I'm running things. I'm here. God used me so that I can save you. So actually what you did to me made me better. Turn to somebody and say, you made me better. Come on. All the haters, they make me better. <laughs> Say, haters make me better. <laughs> Woo! <clears throat> I truly believe, church, we are going to go through some serious stuff. I, I hate, you know, when people lie to you in church and say, just, just love God. Everything's good. Just love God. Everything, we're going from glory to glory to glory. Right, that's a good verse that people like to quote. I'm going from glory to glory. And so then the first time you step out of glory, like what happened? X that verse. That verse must not be true. And so now we say, well, what other verse must not be true? Well, what other? Maybe, oh, he'll never leave me or forsake me. X that, because I'm down in the valley right now. I'm not going from glory to glory, so he must have left me. And so now we start ripping pages out the Bible. We say, oh, this ain't no good. Oh, this ain't true. But, but you, you have to understand, when God says we're going from glory to glory, that means there's something in between. So, so usually if we look at the mountains, right, and we say glory to glory, that means we've got to get to the valley to get up to the mountain. We've got to go from glory to glory. Somewhere in along the line, we're going to have to learn something. Amen? But, but the awesome thing, listen, I truly believe and I receive this. Romans 8.28, it says... All things, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. All things. The message puts it this way. That's why we can be sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Every detail. Did you get that? Even those times that you hated. Even those rough times, even those times where you felt alone, even those times where you felt depressed, even those times where everybody left you, even those times where they talked about you, where they walked out on you, where they broke up with you, where they left you, even those times where they cut off your light, even those times where, where the car broke down and you didn't have three dollars, even those times, every detail in our lives of love for God, God works for His good. Oh, man. All right, so listen up. I've been holding on to two testimonies for two weeks. And they've been trying to burst out of me, man. I, I start talking to people and I go, Oh, I think I let it out with one or two people. So if you're here, just play it off like you never heard it before. Go, What? Say what? So, 
so, so, so listen, listen. It was a Friday night in my house two weeks ago. And, and that night, I felt something in, in, my, in my heart. I thought it was just me being a good husband, right? I turned to my wife. I noticed there was a lot of dirty clothes. In the, you know, it was overflowing out the hamper. Don't play yourselves. You, your hampers are overflowing too. Your houses ain't all that clean. Only when people come over. I know. I know the deal. That's why some of you stay home from church when you have home groups because you got to clean the house, right? I know. So, so it was one of those situations, right? They were, and, and so something in me, I said, you know what? And so I actually verbally, I told my wife, honey, tomorrow before I do anything on Saturday, I'm going to do the laundry. Some of you think that's the testimony, right? You're like, praise God. God can move a man to do laundry. Amen. Lord, take it for my life. Come on. I receive it. I name it and claim it. That's not the testimony. So, so the next morning, I was a man of my word. I'm happy to say this one time, right? That, and so I took the laundry. And, but, but listen, men don't do laundry like women do laundry. For men, for, men it's, for us, it's, we're working heavy machinery. You guys is fabric softener and pretty smelling. For us, I'm going to go work those two machines that are in the basement. I'm going to go tweak them out, make sure they're running powerfully, make sure, you know. And, and I gotta, I'm going to listen for the sounds, you know, because, you know, you went, man, this kills me. Listen, you can have, the machine could be making this crazy sound and nobody will say nothing. And then when I hear it first, I tell the ladies, oh, my God, the machine's going to blow up. It's making this crazy sound. They go, oh, it's been doing that for three months. Tell somebody when it's making the noise it's not supposed to make. Amen? All right, so anyway, so I went down to do laundry, man, and I, I, I put it, I put all the clothes in, and then, you know, the, I told you, the way, the way that I do it, you know, I started watching the machines and listening, fine-tuning, you know, good. And, and, and as I was there, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm focused on the heavy-duty dryer, right? And I'm leaning to the, mm-hmm, to the rhythms of that, and all of a sudden, the washing machine here starts flickering. The lights start going off and on, and the machine starts starting, stopping, starting, stopping. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? You know, there's a breakdown in the plan here. And, and I start watching and watching. All of a sudden, I see smoke start coming out the plug. The plugs are right here by the thing. And so I kill everything. I pull all the plugs out. The, the ladies like to go set it and forget it, right? You throw it in, and you go upstairs. That's at least what happens in my house. Listen, by the time I, I unplugged everything and, 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 and pulled everything out, I had to remove the switch. Put that picture up. Look what was left of the switch. This, this is, you see that half the switch is missing? This is not a little warm. This is burnt. This is fire. All the plastic is missing. So, so I mean, I mean, Fire had completely destroyed the switch. So this, this, this switch, the way they had put it also, it was buried deep inside the sheetrock wall. So it was, it's inside a wood-framed wall with paper-covered sheetrock. And they had all this tape, you know, the, 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 the spackle tape, which is paper, around the switch. Now... You can look at this two different ways. You can stop, drop, and complain. Like, something else gone wrong. Right? Another thing I got to worry about. Now I got probably got to replace the machine. Now I probably got to re- replace the wiring. Now I probably got to buy a new washer, a new dryer. I got to do electrical work. Now another thing. Got, I don't have money for this. Another thing gone wrong. I don't even have time for this. I was just going to do the laundry in the morning, man. I didn't want to get involved with nothing major. Or you can stop, drop, and praise. And realize, God, God, you knew this was going to happen. You knew that the girls usually put the laundry in and run upstairs. You knew that they would be two flights up when this thing started smoking and lit, lighting up. But you knew that if I did it, I'd stand right there for at least a couple minutes. God, you knew and you told me to do the laundry. Because God, you know, amen, amen. 
Because, because you know God is moving because a man's not going to wake up in the morning and say, I want to do the laundry. <laughs> that alone should have had you praising God. So, so you know, God, it's, it's just amazing. I said, God, you know, I'm convinced this would have set my house on fire. See, church, sometimes you have to do the things that are pressed on your heart because you have to understand that the Spirit of God lives in you and God sees the whole picture. To God, it's more important than laundry and this. God knew my, I could have been planning a funeral this weekend instead of a service. I could have been having to, to find a place to crash in somebody's house because we lost everything. This could have been a totally different service this morning. One more story. I want to close this morning with a, another story about being led by God, about trusting God. I want to give you another say what story. Because sometimes God will tell you to do things and, and your first reaction is going to be, say what? You want me to do What? You ever had some God tell you, talk to that person that was sitting next to you. Tell your boss this. Tell him this. Say this. Listen, turn around and give that guy $10. Listen, give, give that person next to you, give him everything in your pocket. And you're like, say what? I just cashed my check. <laughs> I know of people that, that God has told them, listen, give your car to that person. Just turn around, give him the keys, give me a car. I'll take care of it. Trust me. Trust me. It's all about trusting God. You know, we, Christianity is boring for boring Christians because you don't live it right. When we live it right, it's crazy. You're like, God, give all my money. But look, I'm broke now. And then you say, but what? Say what? And then, bam, God will do something. Bert, come on, Bert. I want you to hear this say what story. White, praise the Lord. Say what? That's been my life for the last, uh, well, all my life, but more, more importantly, the last seven months. Last year, as we were preparing for Rap Fest, it was about June, they sent out a nice memo at my job saying, oh, we're about to close down. And I say, what? <laughs> I've been here for 10 years, you know, and in the same business for 20 years. Also in a say what situation, because I went straight from high school to work in the corporate field with no college, because God said it. And I was like, say what? But I'm going to do it. God is good, though. You know, well, as we went through, as we went through the whole Rap Fest preparation, we were really excited and we're going through it 100%. Yet there was another 100% to that 100%. You ever had those when you think you got it all locked down? My other 100% was... What are we going to do when my job closes down? So, all right, I got 10 years experience. I'll send my resume to places. I know a lot of people. I definitely know a lot, a lot of people. I'll send my resume. I'll get a job in no time. I'll chill out for a month before I go back to work. Had a little severance pay. Hold me over for a few months. So we were excited. We were like, not excited, but you know what? God, you got this. You got this. I can't do anything. You got this. Waited a month. Chilled out for a little bit, went to Puerto Rico, so my father-in-law, I didn't have to go to work. I had a week off. I was like, hey, yeah, we're chilling out in Puerto Rico. Came back, started sending my resume places. Nobody's, nobody's picking up. Nobody's picking up on it. Been to interviews. Nobody's picking up. Sending my resume to more places. Nobody's <laughs> picking up. I think most people here probably have a copy of my resume in their inbox somewhere. And you know what? We're like, Lord, you got this. Nobody here would ever know that what we're going through because that's just the way I am. I'm very private with my life in the sense of I know God wants us to display victory at all times. And through all your situations, always confront them with victory. If, you know, I don't want to be that fish on a broken down car. But it got, it got worse. Uh, my severance pays, we're talking six months later, you know, how much, how much could you live off of what's there? You know, and... If you all know me, I'm, I'm, I wasn't born to a Rockefeller family, so I don't got like a million dollars in the bank to hold me over and have a pretty big mortgage and my kids eat a lot. Amen. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. Anyway, we were already to a point 
we were already to a point where Alice, Alice spoke to the kids. Cause see, I wouldn't do it. I wait to the very end. I, and I'm not saying that she doesn't trust God, but the way I trust God, I think is a little more challenging. I'll wait till I see that I have to act, uh, you know, until, until I do something. Alice spoke with the kids and said, listen, clean out your rooms and figure out what we got to put in storage for. We got to boot. She said, clean up, you know, pack up, see how much storage we might need, live with somebody for a while. We got like two months of rent left in the bank. We got food because we could eat whatever, you know. We did the Daniel fast, trust me, we could eat whatever. Oh. Even though that's more expensive. Yeah. Happy Meal's like three bucks. Yeah. You know? So we, you know, then she told me, listen, I met with the kids. I told them to pack their stuff, you know, figure out what we need, what we don't need. I was like, even then, I was like, you know what? God's got something for us. I know it. But that's a good call, babe. You know, do what we got to do. I'm still trying to figure stuff out. And I'm like, Lord, he's, not, he's never let me down before. Never, never. I could give you testimony after testimony of how God has showed up. And I'm like, say what? <laughs> you know, years back, I had lost my job again. The business, I work in foreign exchange trading, financial industry. You all know how the market is. There's no money out there. There's nobody trading. There's no jobs. That's what it is. Wall Street, the market goes down, my job is done. So, that's, so you get an idea of what it is. And years back, they had closed the company I was working in at that time, and we had no money, and I just felt bad. I was like, what kind of a dad am I, you know? Luckily, I live with my father-in-law, so we didn't have to pay rent, you know? He hooked us up for a little bit, but even that, you know, you're, you're testing grace. You're, you're abusing grace, like we spoke in the home groups. But I remember that one time going to Dunkin' Donuts, I was like, if I could just get three donuts. Go ahead, man. It's all right. If I could just get three donuts, one for each of my kids, and they'll be so happy because they appreciate anything. I'm like, yo, here we got a snack. This is big. You know, make some Kool-Aid. It's like a party. No money. I went. Dunkin' Donuts was closing down for the day. The guy was throwing away the donuts, throwing away bagels. I was like, nah, say what? (laughs) Give me that. (laughs) I like. I told him, listen, I'll give you everything that's in my pocket for that whole bag of garbage you got right there. And I came home with six bags of donuts and like three bags of bagels hooked up for the month. My wife looked at me, where'd you get that? I thought she knew me better. I thought she knew me better, but, she, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, you know. I was going to make up a whole story how the cops were chasing me and all that stuff. But I was in tears, so she knew it wasn't the cops chasing me, and I explained it. But that's how God is. God provides. And, but you have to take those steps. I mean, if we had enough time, I, I'd, I'd go through the stories of, of, in the book of uh, First Kings when Elijah was provided for step by step by step. And in his time of need, he helped others. And they, you know, the lady had like a little bit of bread left, a little bit of oil. And she was able to feed a whole army of people. You know, that's how God is. Well, just recently, as we're, we're down to our last couple of dollars in the bank, trying to figure stuff out, whatever we got to do, you know, and... Here comes uh, Pastor George and Gary talking about they want to knock this wall down and we got to get the new building. It's going to cost about $100,000 to do. And I'm like, man, I, I, you know, praise God. Amen. Let's, let's keep praying. You know, let's keep praying. Bring more people in. We can get it done. And as he started explaining that message, if you all remember, he was talking about the lottery. Well, it was part of the message. And he said, you know what, the lottery... It's a chance, but with God, it's a promise. You give, and he will bless you. It's not like he might bless you, or there's a good chance that your numbers might come out and you might be blessed. You give to God, and he will bless you. You give your heart, you give your life, you give your time, you give your talent, you give, you give whatever you have, your finances. He will bless you tenfold, a hundredfold. He will do it. But that, that message hit me, and it just kept going because money was not on my, on my radar. <laughs> We went home, and I'm sitting down. Our Sunday routine, 
is, you know, take a nap. You go home, take a nap. So we sit in the <laughs> living room, TV's on. I'm chilling out. There's a little bit of Facebook, whatever. And Alice is like, hun, the Lord impressed upon my heart to give an offering uh, for the building fund. I say, what? <laughs> that was my first reaction. I may not have said, say what? I said it now because that's what the, the title of the message is. But I was like, really? I said, you know what, love? You do what you got to do because God will provide. See, we came to church. That was the following Sunday. We came to church. And all week we were talking about it. We even mentioned parts of it to Elvis at our home group afterwards. He didn't want to leave my house, but that's all right. Uh, And we're talking about, you know, the Lord impressed upon our hearts to give, to give. We don't have, but we're going to give. We're going to give. Whatever we have left, you know what? God God will hook us up. God will hook us up. And Alice is like, we're going to give this. I know the lottery numbers come out on Wednesday, so we'll give this on Sunday, and by Wednesday we'll have our prize. And that's the kind of faith we have to have, people. That's the kind of faith we have to have. God will provide. It's not that he might. He will provide. So we came to church that Sunday. I was playing drums or whatever. Came down, sit down. It's time to collect the offering. Alice is pale. Um, She's nervous. I see her, her pen is in her hand and the checkbook's in her hand, but nothing's really happening. And I ain't going to front. I wasn't encouraging it, really. I wasn't like, yo, hurry up, sign that. What's up? You know? I was like, you know what? God spoke to her, and I trust my wife's discernment and spirit of, in God a hundred million percent. So I was like, whatever. She wrote the check. Probably can't understand her signature because she was mad nervous. And we're like, you know what? Lord is in your hand. I didn't even think about it. I was like, amen. You gave, I think we even went to eat that day afterwards or something. I, I don't even know. We were just excited that we had given something because we know God will provide. Because that's what his word says. We're waiting for Wednesday now for the blessing. We're waiting, God. And just to backtrack real quick, the week before I was asked to speak on a Wednesday night. And the message that God gave me was how to deal, you know, come out of your storm. When you, you, you go through storms. And little did you know, I was going through the worst storm ever. One of the hardest things to do was to speak about coming out of a storm while I'm still in it. You know, but God will provide. And we have to speak by faith as well. Anyway, Monday, you know, it felt kind of weird because I've been home for the last six months. So I kind of know the routine. It's like 110, the mailbox, you know. Click, lock, close the mailbox. I run outside and get the mail. I usually just give Alice the whole thing here, look through it, say, oh, this is for you. When I opened it up, at my job, they had some money that was due to me. Way beyond a hundredfold. Way <laughs> beyond. Uh, almost a, well, well, like, God-type money. Okay? <laughs> that. Come on. It didn't even, we looked at it, we were like, say what? And. We didn't even react. I think we were kind of numb for a little bit, maybe for about a week, <laughs> right? About a week that we're like, wow, and we just put it down. I was like, cool. And then later on, we were talking about, we hadn't even told the, the, our children yet, you know, to them. They're still packing that Xbox and stuff, getting ready for storage, you know? But we're like, this is wow. This is how God works. And as we were explaining it to someone else, um... We were explaining it to somebody what it was. I forgot who it was that we were talking. Oh, with Lee, yes. We, we were talking to Lee, and we were explaining to her how God provides, God provides. And as I'm looking at this check and all these numbers, I'm like, yo, this is real. God is real, y'all. He will not let his people down. Amen. He will not let his people down. Amen. You know, he provides beyond measure. He provides as it is written in Scripture. All you have to do is take that step of faith. And this is not a a, a testimony to ask you to now give for the building fund or anything like that. This is a testimony to encourage you to know that God is real. I mean, I I can sit here and tell you how many times just in the last year, in the last couple of months, God provided. Uh, Real quick, could I, I have two minutes? Real quick, I mean, it's just so much that I want to share, and I don't get to share this stuff all the time. Like I said, it's, it's, I do the podcast, so I might even cut this out of the testimony on the podcast, so don't worry about it. Um, but 
we were sitting here in service recently, had lost my job, not knowing what was going to happen. And after that, after a service on a Sunday, somebody comes up to us. That day, we, I didn't have anything because my severance pay wasn't even started yet. I had nothing with nothing, nothing. Hey, if you're listening, save your money. It's important. Um, somebody comes up to us and said, God spoke to me and told me to give you this. I don't know why. They have no idea what our situation is. They had no idea what we're going through. And they blessed us with a huge check. I was like, I was in tears. I'm, I'm explaining to the dude, say, you don't understand. You know, I just lost my job. I don't have, you know, the finances that I need for certain things. And, you know, we're a little concerned. But thank you for, for allowing God to use you. But it gets better than that. Before that check was given to me, I received a text message from a really good uh, gospel hip-hop artist who's going to be here in May, by the way, uh, May Bread Factory. Uh, he texted me, said, yo, Brother Bert, the Lord told me to tell you that a blessing is coming your way. I'm like, amen. You hear that all the time, right? A blessing is coming your way. Amen. But wait, it gets better. He says, hit me back as soon as you get it. That's faith. That's faith. Because many times we tell people, oh, the Lord is going to bless you, and we just leave it at that. This is like the Lord is going to bless you, and I'm going to come back here to celebrate with you. So he said, hit me back as soon as you get it. 25 minutes later, the service ends, and somebody's handing me this check. And I'm calling this dude up in Florida. So, yo, somebody just handed me a check. He's like, say what? I was like, that's what, and that, and this, trust me, he said that. He actually said, say what? And when you come here to the bread factory in May, you'll see why. I mean, that's his, that's his, the way he is. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. They, they gave me this check because God looks out for his people. And even two days after Alice is telling the kids, you know what, you guys have to, you know, minimize your stuff for storage and all. I'm sitting at the barbershop. I get a text message. Another gospel hip-hop friend of mine uh, texts me, yo, Bert, how you doing? What's your PayPal account? I'm like, I'm not selling CDs. I'm not doing any work. Well, I, I gave it to him anyway. And he sends me some money in the PayPal and I'm like, Lord, you know, and at this point, like, we already had this, this check had come in. But I was like, if you're using your people for this, I'm not going to stop you. And I received, never, never reject God's blessings in your life. Because for some, somebody needed to, be, to bless me so they can be blessed. Amen? So I'm, I'm encouraging you all, no matter what you're going through, the world is going to tell you one thing, but God already said, said it. He will take care of you. It's not a matter of when, why, or how. It's that He will. But we have to put our faith a million percent in God. We have to put our trust a million percent in God. And every step of the way, know that God will provide. Amen. Good God. Say what? Oh, man. See, the, the, the motto of too many Christians is, all these things are against me. Everything bad is happening to me. Everything's going on. This, this, this is bad. And, and, and it should be, you know what? All these things working for me. All these things are working for me. When, when, you, when you're faced with a situation, say, God, I can't wait to see how you're going to get me out of this. Amen? Come on, that'll change the way you look at things. We, we have to, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at changes. Amen? You, you have to get to this point, man, where you know, that's how you know you reach some kind of level of maturity. You get a flat tire and you start thanking God for it. It, it took me a long time to get there. I curse a lot of people for flat tires. Remember my testimony, I had a jalopy ad for a lot of years, a lot of jalopies. That means a lot of bad used tires. That means a lot of slow leaks. You know, when you get in the morning, you got to fill up two of the tires because they're, right? Anybody? No? Just me? But God will get you to the point where you thank God for a flat tire because I say, God, I don't know what you're keeping me from, but I'm glad I'm here and not there. Amen? So I'm going to, you know, clean up and change the flat tire and get on my way and keep on going. Amen? Things happen, church, but we got to keep on going. Things will happen, but we got to keep on going. It's all about trusting God. Every detail in our lives for God is worked into something good. 
And so, you know, next week I think we'll, you know, we'll just kind of wrap up the life of Joseph. We'll finish Genesis. And, but uh, I want to ask you today, what is God saying to you? Let's say what moments are you having? You should be having some. Because if the Spirit of God is living in you, there's, there's, there's going to be things that are going to be out of comfort for you. There's going to be things that are, that are going to... God's going to say, listen, you need to ask for forgiveness from somebody. And that's not stuff you want to hear. Say, what? That person don't deserve me to go and... Say, what? God's going to tell you, listen, you need to go and, 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 and say something to that person. You need to go and, and, and make peace. You need to go back and correct the situation. Say, what? But the only way we're going to move forward is if we, 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 we do that. Listen, perhaps some of you just coming here today was a say what moment. Somebody told you, I want you to come to church today. And you just say, what? Church? That place will blow up if I walk in. And then you saw people just like you here and you said, no, I think it's all right. I want to tell you, we're glad you came. And so today, perhaps, man, God is calling you out. God's drawing you. You've been resisting and, you know, he's been telling you, deal with some of the issues that you've had. It's time to move on. God's God's saying to some people, listen, stop this Boberia, this nonsense already. It's time to move on. Let's grow up. That happened four years ago. Stop complaining about it. Stop harboring on it. Take the good from it and move on. You're stronger now. You're better now. You are more able. You are more made more than a conqueror, the word says. Maybe there's, there's a dream. Maybe God has been telling you to end some stuff. Or maybe God's been telling you to start some stuff. Maybe there's a dream in you that, that, that right now there is no way you can see coming to pass. Is that anybody here today? Listen, from where Joseph was, there was no way Joseph could see that all this that has happened to him was preparing him for the greatness that God had for him. But it came to pass. Amen? There's no way Joseph could have seen the character that God was building in him. Listen, you need to hear today that God is with you wherever you are. And he won't waste one single experience that you've had. Let's bow our heads for a moment. God is refining the dreamer. To prepare him for the dream. Church, God's preparing you for promise. And the awesome thing about the grace and love of God is that God won't bring you to the promise unprepared. So if you're going through it right now, rejoice and know that God is preparing you for what he has for you. I'd like Pastor Gary to just come and pray. If, if this is you guys, if this is you today, if, if this said something to you, if this is there's something that God is, you're dealing with some say what, I want you to just right where you are, I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything, I just want you to stand right where you are. Just as Pastor George was speaking, I was reading along in the scripture. And I saw something I never noticed before. Because Joseph's brothers came back to him and said, We're sorry for attacking you. We're sorry for throwing you in a pit and selling you into slavery and ruining your life. And you know what Joseph told his brothers? They say, You thought that it was you doing it. But it was actually the hand of God. You know what God showed me, Bert? It wasn't the devil that took your job away. It was the hand of God. Because God's got greater things for you. 
And God wanted to show you His glory, His power, His provision. Many times we think that it's that angry person that's wounding us, but God is in control because He's got something greater. There's something better. But as Pastor George said, it takes faith. Faith is believing that the thing that you don't have, the thing you're dreaming for, it's faith is praying it into existence, not giving up. How many of you are saying, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to give up, I'm going to step out in God, I'm going to keep on pressing on, I'm going to keep on giving. You're the ones I want to pray for right now. So I'm going to ask you to just to lift your hand to God if that's you. If you're saying, I won't turn back. I'm going all the way with God. And He's going to multiply. You hear that testimony? God multiplied back to Bert. He multiplied back to Joseph. Way greater than he ever would have had if he didn't spend those years in that prison. Bert, I'm, I'm just going to ask you just to stand and just, just reach your hand out. Because I believe you've got something to impart. As I pray... That, that, that multiplication anointing that flowed on burnt. I believe it's going to come on you. So just take it by faith. Father, I thank you for your people, Lord God. I thank you for the testimonies of provision. But you are no respecter of persons. And I thank you, Lord God, just as you did for Joseph. Just as you did it for Abraham. Just as you did for Bert. I ask you right now, Lord God, do it for your people, Lord God. I just release increase over your life. I speak promotion right now. I say that the doors that were shut are opening up. Just receive that right now. Doors have been slammed in your face. They're opening up right now in Jesus' name. I just break the spirit of poverty. Some of you, you've been under a curse, a spirit of poverty. I break that off you right now in Jesus' name. I say no more. I decree over you that you live in the overflow of the abundance of heaven. That you live in the, in the provision of the Father. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for a people of faith. A people who will keep pressing into you, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for jobs and better jobs. I thank you for promotion. I thank you for the business opportunities, oh God. If that's you, if God's been showing you a business, I bless that. God just showed me there's many of you here, and He's spoken to you. He's given you dreams of business. But it seemed impossible and you've never stepped out. God says, begin to believe Him for that business. I release it right now. I bless that business. Some of you, God's called you to go to school to be professionals. I, I just see the greatness of God coming through you. You are a mighty company of mighty men and women of, of the Most High God. And I just bless you right now. In Jesus' name, just receive that blessing. Now, in Jesus' name. So we're going to close right now. I want you to go home today with a new faith. See, my faith has been changed today. I ha I'm going home with those testimonies with a new expectation, a new hope. I, I just, right now, I break away all the disappointments. 
Every place where you've been hurt and wounded, I say it has no more power over you. And I just release the glory of God. Just receive that now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. See, you might be in the valley, but sooner or later we got to get to the top of the mountain. So, Father, I just release those glory experiences, Lord God. I thank you for perfect peace, perfect provision. In Jesus' name, amen. God, we thank you, Lord God. So go home today with a new faith, with a new determination. Begin to expect the unexpected. See, there's nothing more boring than religion, but there's nothing more exciting than God. So just go home with a new fire, a new faith in Jesus' name.